You're listening to Grow Yourself Up, a weekly mental health podcast hosted by Kath Cunahan. I'm a psychotherapist, writer, and speaker working in private practice in London. I specialize in the impact of our own childhood on our parenting and how we can heal and integrate our childhood trauma, wounding, and stress so that we can inhabit our full adult selves. Join us each week as we talk about all things growing ourselves up, how we can tend to ourselves in our parenting, generational healing, and overcoming the impacts of childhood trauma. Together, we will become more self-compassionate, connected, authentic, resilient, and heart-centered, so we can live our own full and beautiful lives. As a listener of this podcast, you're welcome to come over and join the Facebook group. So search on Facebook for Grow Yourself Up. It's a private Facebook group of all the listeners. And did you know there are journal prompts that go along with every episode? So sign up for the journal prompts on kathcunahan.com or go to my Instagram, kathcunahan, and sign up at the link in the bio there. And you will get my newsletter, Nurture, Heal, Grow, which contains all the journal prompts. Looking forward to seeing you in the Facebook group. The podcast is produced each week by the wonderful Audio Cafe. Thanks for being here. Welcome back. It's episode 60 of Grow Yourself Up. And this week, I want to talk about our nervous systems and our children's nervous systems and our family nervous system. So we're in the summer holidays in the UK. And um, I think considering the way that our nervous systems interact and the way we kind of trigger um, each other is really, really important. So just to start off with, I'm going to um, give a bit of um, nervous system kind of science. And this is based on, um, it's polyvagal, most of it's polyvagal theory, and it's based on the work of Deb Dana and um, Stephen Porges. It's his theory is the polyvagal theory um, from about 1995. And um, Deb Dana's translated his work. A bunch of other people have also done that, but um, she's got a very accessible sort of model. And um, what we know from his work is that he talks about a concept called neuroception, which is uh, this concept explaining how our nervous systems are picking up signs of uh, safety, unsafety, and danger from other nervous systems all the time. And neuroception is not like perception, because perception is operating in conscious awareness, whereas neuroception operates underneath our conscious awareness. So it's happening all of the time out of our awareness. And we're picking up signs of safety or danger or unsafety from each other. And what that means is, so if you are like walking downstairs in your house and um, you're kind of having a lovely morning so far, and then your kids start to scream and fight in the room that you're going into, that will send you a lot of signs of danger. And even before you've had a conscious thought of, oh my word, like really, do we have to start the morning like this? Um, which we often do in our house, by the way, you will have a, a like a sense of um, suddenly a sense of danger from that, the noise, all of the information coming into your system. The neuroception is broken down into three different um, kind of categories. So two types of exteroception and one of interoception. So interoception is the um, 
internal information that flows from our body. So sensory information and signals that come from our body. Um, so for example, if you've got pain, that'll send you a little danger signal to your nervous system. If you are, um, if you are thirsty, all of, if you need to go to the bathroom, all of that will register in your system as a, um, sending you a sign of danger. If you've got a satiated, you know, if you've had a good meal and you feel satiated and calm, then you'll be sent, that'll be a safety signal for you. Although that can sometimes get confused in eating disorders, but I'm not going to go down that road now. Um, and then from exteroception, that is the, um, the communication to your nervous system from outside of your own body. And, um, that gets broken down into two categories. And that's the, um, the information you get from those you're in relationship with. So exteroception, say you get information from your, if you live with the partner, your partner, if you live with kids, your kids, friends, um, your boss, all of those type of relationships. And then more widely, what is going on in the outside world? So, um, just to recap, there's three channels for our neuroception. The interoception, which is internal communication from our own body. Exteroception, which is um, information that comes from the relationships we exist within and things going on in the world. So if you wake up one day and you've got like a really sore tummy and you have a little argument with your partner or something, and then you hear some really terrible news from the newspaper or something, that's going to send you a lot of signs of danger in your nervous system already. And that operates outside of your conscious awareness. And so you'll notice if, if those sort of events happen together, you, um, it might make you feel a bit flat because your, your, um, story follows your nervous system state. So the thoughts that you're generating will be based on what's going on in your, in your body. And all of that information coming in will, will give you kind of signs of danger. And it's useful to bring this into conscious awareness because we can then change that. So we can go, okay, well, um, I can deal with this or tummy or I can um, give myself something to eat and I can make up with my partner. And also I can disregard what's going on um, like bad news because I can't take all that on. So we can really notice once we get more um, self-aware, we can really notice what, um, like how our own nervous system gets triggered essentially. Okay. so. That's the concept of neuroception, that our nervous system is always picking up signs or cues of safety or danger from all around us all of the time. And your child is also doing that. So they will be picking up signs of safety or danger from what's going on in their own body. Um, if they've got a sore tummy, if they feel cold, if they need to go to the loo, if they've got a dirty nappy or um, if, you know, whatever's going on for them, um, and they'll be picking up stuff between you and your partner and they'll be picking up stuff if they go to like a nursery environment or a childcare environment, they'll be picking up a lot of stuff there as well. And so their nervous system, your child's nervous system is also picking up stuff out of awareness. And the, the kind of the dance of the family um, nervous system is really interesting because we there's a lot that we can do to improve the situations in our families, essentially. Let me give you a little, um, so I can give you some examples from my family. In my family, if my husband and I start to snap at each other or we change our tone of voice the way we talk with each other or get sort of short with each other, my girls can immediately pick up on that. And one of them will tell us to stop squabbling because she picks up on the tone of voice and that sends a, a sign of um 
danger to her to her system and she doesn't like that so then she kind of wants to try and change things so then we kind of have to explain that um yes mummy and daddy maybe we're arguing or um you know that we we have to also explain how it's it's sort of quite to be expected to argue in relationships you can't always be like best friends and um and then to kind of manage it but whenever she says things like that to me it really brings into my awareness I'm like wow yeah she's really picking up on our tone of voice to each other um if I get annoyed with my twins I notice one of them will go into a fight response so the danger signal onto her body she goes straight into a fight response often my other twin will go into um a fawn response which is essentially her trying to take care of me and um and and we could conceptualize that as she she's getting a danger signal from me if i'm shouting or if i'm um cross about something and she is trying to send me a safety signal to kind of make that better and that always um really alerts me to wow okay i don't want to be shouting that kind of i get confronted by that um another thing that happens with us is and i think this is a, a common thing in families where transitions are difficult and it can kind of get all tangled up with what's going on so often i notice um I, if i'm trying to get ready often i seem to be the last person to get ready so if we're all trying to go to a family lunch or we're all trying to go out somewhere um normally my girls would be ready first because we would have given them breakfast or done all that stuff first and then my husband might get ready and I'm talking about this is on the weekend like not during the week when everyone's going to work or something um and then I will be getting ready and I don't like it when there's lots of people around me because I feel kind of crowded and I don't like it when both my girls come in and want to like basically be underneath me when I'm doing my makeup but if I find it very um it sends me signs of uh, danger to my nervous system because I feel kind of really crowded and that makes me feel quite flustered and and then I want them to get away from me. And so I can then kind of get a little bit snappy and kind of start to, f- to feel quite irritated and get a little bit irritable. But what I've noticed, and, and this is a kind of a thing that, that will be playing out in, in um, houses all over the world, is that when we get stressed, and that's kind of what happens for me when, when I've got lots of people around me and I'm trying to get ready, then we send out um you know i get stressed my kids nervous systems can pick up on that and for them that's a sign of danger if i'm getting all stressed so they want proximity to me so because that's safety seeking for them so you know it makes sense for them that they would want to be near their mum um because she's going to keep them safe even though she's currently sending them you know she's getting stressed and everything so I've really, and, and then the whole situation, can you, can you hear how it kind of goes up into this like massive hurricane of like, I'm stressed, then they're getting more stressed and then they want more closeness and then I'm getting more annoyed because they want more closeness. And, you know, like I'm trying to dry my hair or I'm trying to put my makeup on and then everyone's under my feet wanting to also try my makeup or, um, wanting to use my toner or, you know, whatever. And I don't mind these things if they want to use my, my toner or whatever. But <laughs> when I'm trying to get, ready and I'm getting, um, you know, you're getting sort of more worked up in your own system. When they pick up on that, instead of actually going away to let you finish getting ready or just to take your time packing or whatever you're trying to do, they want to stay close. And so then the transition, the actual leaving, and this happens, I really wanted to talk about this also in the context of the summer holidays, because people are packing up and going to aer- um, airports or airplanes or 
driving somewhere and the actual transition away from the home can be really tricky because of, because of just what I'm talking about. And so I always come back to this thing that we are our own greatest parenting tool, mastering ourselves and getting to know ourselves better and getting to know our own nervous systems and our own triggers and managing that is like the best thing we can do for ourselves and for our children. Um, and especially from a generational healing point of view, this is like one of the most important things, I think, because we can't hold space for any of our children's feelings if we are so flustered and triggered all the time and, and constantly being um, pushed out of our own window of tolerance. And so particularly in this transitions area, I've had to really work on, you know, if they, if I'm, if, if my kids want to be with me and then I'm getting flustered and I want to send them away, but that makes them want to have more proximity for, to me for their safety. One of the ways that I've got around that is said, okay, come and watch daddy's iPad, come and lie. And they, so then they might come and be in um, our room with us, with me and, um, and watch something on the iPad. So they have that proximity but they're kind of engaged and not underneath my feet. And then that I sort of calm and then they're calm. And then often actually they'll, they'll go away because they're feeling more secure and safer. Or they'll, um, what I've really realized is often they just want to check on me. And so I'll spend some minutes really connecting with them. And then they can stay if they want, but I just carry on doing what I want. And when I, um, an attachment game I learned um, ages ago, um, was something to say, um, oh, I'm so happy to see you and to really look into their eyes whenever they come and seek you out and spend some moments really connecting. And then I find that they were happy to let me be and get on with my, out, you know, with, with, with kind of getting dressed. And here I've been talking about a process of getting dressed and getting ready to try and get out of the house, but this often plays out around holidays as well. So when you're trying to get to a flight and as the, the the adult or the mother or the father in the family, we are the ones who are tasked with getting everything ready with, if you're going internationally somewhere, with remembering the passports, with remembering, like, I don't know, all the bits and bobs you need for holiday. And then to have kiddies, like, swarming around you when you're trying to get all the things ready, it makes everything way more stressful. And it kind of, we've had things where you kind of, there's, like, so much stress and fighting before we actually leave. And... um Recently, I've really worked to notice what's going on for us, particularly me. I mean, I can't control my husband at all. And um, to kind of calm that whole um, process. And I really want to kind of invite you into thinking about this for your own family, for how you're, if you're going on away on a holiday, if you are um, doing different things in the, in the kind of the holidays and how your own nervous system interacts with your child's and what what triggers you and then how does their behavior change when you're getting stressed? Then do you notice they seek more proximity and they want to be closer to you and then that makes you more kind of stressed and annoyed? What kind of plays out around that? Because what we need to be doing for our kids is to be sending them signs of safety so that they can, um, that, that kind of co-regulation. And if we can con consciously send signs of safety, then they can down-regulate and then there's kind of more space. But when things get more and more stressed, then they seek us out more and more. And then, you know, it can all really get quite kind of messy very quickly. And also it's something to think about if you, if you're seeing relatives, or anyone, and your children are displaying behavior that doesn't make you feel kind of 
happy, which is often what happens with our kiddies. Because often if our kids um, are having a stress, like a stress response when we're meeting, say they're meeting, I don't know, grandparents or um, aunts and uncles or family friends or something, and they don't... um, they don't want to spend time with them or they, um, I mean, even sometimes my kids say this to, their, to us that, that they hate us or um, they, you know, they're cross or something. That's a, if they're going to a fight response, if we meet that with a fight response, we massively escalate everything. Notice what, what, you know, what gets triggered for you if your children say things like that and notice how can you soothe yourself so that you can actually be present for them and send them signs of safety about, you know, that you're, you're there for them. You're not going to um, kind of shout at them and make them do something. You're just going to help them come out of the stress response. It's incredibly complex the way our nervous systems relate. And many of us have been have grown up in families where our first response is to fawn. So where um, we made, you know, our parents might have been in their own uh, fight stress response and then we just try and work to placate them and so you may notice you're doing that with your own child so just really um there's lots more to say about this and write to me if you want certain angles of this discussed but i think that really holding in mind that working f- towards our own nervous system flexibility towards understanding our nervous system that's kind of the most important thing about what triggers us and how can we soothe ourselves and be more flexible in our responses so that, like, as a unit, the family can all kind of just calm and, and downregulate. And I'm not saying that we're going to be calm all the time because we're absolutely not. But if we can notice how things, how we kind of feed off each other and how that impacts things, because, you know, transitioning out of the house is something that happens quite a lot. And if there's always stress around that, notice why that is. Does the same pattern that I've just described in our house, does that play out in your house in some way? Um, does, you know, does, how do the, how do the family nervous, how do the nervous systems in your family interact? And remember that neuroception. So if you, if you've got a child who, um, gets very overwhelmed with a lot of, um, sounds or they don't like certain smells, that will also be, that sensory information is, is feeding into them as well and giving them, um, a sign of danger, which will then put them maybe into a fight or flight or a shutdown place. You know, if when my girls were younger, if we took them somewhere that was loud or with lots of lights, from a sensory perspective, that would be very overwhelming for them. And that would push them into a state of um, either um, like a very sympathetic state. They didn't really go into shutdown, but, you know, that and then that would lead to more meltdown. So notice that um, we each have different nervous system uh, different things send us um, signs of danger and safety, but they work the same way. So hold that in mind with your children. You know, lots of um, lots of change and lots of noise and lots of like heat, for example, may send a lot of signs of danger, which then um, needs to be dealt with. You know, that you need to kind of return them to a sense of safety for their for for in their nervous system. Okay, I hope that makes sense, and I hope that you're having a lovely time over the summer. It's summer in the Northern Hemisphere, winter in the Southern Hemisphere where I grew up. Actually, I think it's been very cold where I grew up, but um, I'm sending you lots of love, and I hope this makes sense. I know I've talked, like I've used a lot of sort of stuff in this episode, so email me if you need any, any clarification. Okay, take care. Bye. 
You've been listening to Grow Yourself Up, hosted by Kath Cunahan. We'll be back next week with a new episode supporting you to better understand and tend to yourself for more heart-centered, connected, authentic, and resilient living. Thank you.